Cycling. Con Scully does well in France. Article by Kieran Murphy. Carlo club cyclist Con Scully had a weekend to remember recently when he produced an excellent performance in the UCI stage race at Rondevalle in Brittany. He has been stationed with his club Pontevie in France since July and has been racing regularly. This event was his first major international UCI race featuring riders from all over Europe while America also sent over some crack squads. Over two days there were two stage races with a time trial in between the road tests. After stage one, Con was placed 39th overall, but he showed his class when excelling in the time trial. Known as the race of truth, the time trial test pits riders against the clock, and Con came in a brilliant fourth place out of 136 riders. In the TT he was also the top European, with just three Americans ahead of him. That shot him up the general classification to 7th place. In the third and final stage on Sunday his team struggled to maintain their position and at one stage the Carlo rider was up the road and away from his Pontevi riders but also behind the pace setters who showed little mercy. Then a series of crashes in front of him saw him lose more time. He eventually finished in 67th place to take 28th position overall. In the main, it was a satisfactory summer in France for Scully. The race at the weekend was an international junior race with some of the biggest teams coming to it, he said. It has been hard at times, but it has been good and I have enjoyed my stay. Meanwhile, Carlo cyclists featured in the Leinster Youths and Junior Championships, which were hosted by the Athai Wheelers Cycling Club at the weekend. Nisha Byrne was third in the under-12 girls road race, with another third position for Jack Woods in the under-14 event. Carlo Soccer League Seniors Division 1 Cretty Yard make history with second league trophy in two months. Article by Harry Shorthose The score, Cretty Yard United 8, Carnew FC 1 Cretty Yard did it in style against Carnew on Friday night as they scored eight goals to win their second league trophy in as many months due to the pandemic, making history as the first club to secure two league titles in a year. They went into the game knowing that a win, or slip up by second place St. Pat's, would guarantee back-to-back leagues, having beaten Collection in the 2020 league playoff in Grey Cullen nine weeks ago. It was a comfortable win for Cretillard in the end, who controlled the game from the start. They struggled in the first half to gain control, despite dominating, but they couldn't make their possession and chances count, and will have felt like they should have been further ahead. They took the lead early on through Tom Collins. Jimmy Dunn's shot went over the bar shortly after. Carnew had a rare opportunity via a free kick, but William Dixon found his effort saved. Eddie Riley went close a couple of times when he hit an effort over the bar and one wide from the right-hand side, after being played through on goal one-on-one with the Carnew goalkeeper. Willie Kavanagh had a chance from a free but hit it over the bar. They made it 2-0 shortly afterwards through a Jimmy Dunn penalty. A goal kick found Chris Marr who headed the ball into the path of Riley, who couldn't control the ball and was fouled just inside the box. Dunn stepped up and put it in the bottom left-hand corner, sending the keeper the wrong way. 
Collins could have made a three with a low header, but he hit it straight at the Carnew keeper. Carnew pulled one back when a mistake at the back by Crettyard saw Michael Byrne capitalise on a loose ball and knock it into the back of the net. Marr hit a corner wide. Collins hit an effort wide, while David Marr was wide also. A Carnew corner from the right threatened, but was cleared before being played back into the path of Sean Kinsella down the right-hand side. Crettyard made it three via Dunn when he converted his second penalty, and PJ O'Keefe got himself sent off for a second yellow card, leaving Carnew down to ten. Dunn went close from distance, but his effort went over the bar, while a Chris Marr corner was hit over the bar by Terence Hockney. It took the visitors just four minutes to score after a half-time team talk that seemed inspired. Riley's effort from the right hit the post and in for the fourth goal. Collins should have had another when he shot across the face of goal. Six minutes later, the evergreen Chris Marr chipped the keeper from the left-hand side for five. It only took another five minutes for Hockney to smash a bullet header past the Carnew keeper. Dunn added two more to make it eight before the whistle blew 15 minutes early in the rain to spare Carnew any more humiliation. The teams, Cretty Yard, Brendan Fox, Kieran Hosey, Gary Rowan, Terence Hockney, Mark Kelly, David Marr, Willie Kavna, Jimmy Dunn, Eddie Riley, Chris Marr, Tom Collins, the subs, Darren Hayde, Philip Brennan, Mark Fox, Paddy McConley, Pa Brennan. Carnew, Martin Doyle, Rob Ryan, PJ O'Keefe, Fran Byrne, James Gregan, Larry Keating, David O'Rourke, Quinton House, William Dixon, Kevin Walsh, Sean Kinsella. The subs, Gareth Gregan, Gareth Cullen, Kevin O'Keefe, Michael Byrne. Soccer, Carlo League, KCLR Carlo Shield, Round 2. MacDonald, Nets Hat-Trick in Sparkling Kilree Victory. Article by Harry Shorthose. The score, St. Pat's Boys 2, Killery Celtic 5. Killery Celtic manager Mikko Salter said during the week that his side were targeting a top five spot in the league and based on their performance in this game at the Meadows on Sunday, it's easy to see why he would have such confidence. They'll need to improve defensively though as they gave away two easy goals. Pats, on the other hand, look like they will struggle this season, but they will look at it as rebuilding with a young team. It was an intriguing game with Kilree dominating and being on the front foot from the start, something they were keen to impose this season. Kilree went on the attack from the off and were rewarded with an early free, which was deflected over with the resulting corner. A mistake at the back led to Chris Gall of Pats getting the ball in a dangerous place. He played it into Liam Byrne, who hit it just wide under pressure. Kilree's Alan Salter also had a shot saved. Kilree were pushing and were rewarded for their early pressure when Alan MacDonald scored the opening goal with an effort from the right on the edge of the box that just trickled into the back of the net. Pats weren't going to take this lying down, and they responded with a burn corner that went across the face of the goal and wasn't cleared, and a Chris Gall shot from the edge of the box. They finally equalised after 19 minutes when Kilree failed to clear a burn corner and it was headed in at the far post by Anthony Lawler who rose highest to meet it. 
Before anyone had time to breathe, Kilree were back on the attack, and had retaken the lead when Victor Watkins powered home a salter free with a low diving header. Pats went close when a burn shot from halfway was headed off the crossbar, but it was cleared. James Esther also went close from the edge of the box, hitting his shot over the bar. MacDonald had his second just after the half-hour mark, when James Esther's shot from the edge of the box went over the bar. Kilry added their third goal a minute later, with MacDonald getting his second of the day. Again, Pats went pushing, the goal springing them into action again. Gall's shot was hit straight at John Gladney in the goal, though. Tommy Cummins went close for Kilry, following his move from near neighbour's Vale, heading an Alan Salter cross wide. Both sides had a number of half chances just before the break, but neither could force any openings. The second half started slowly, as both sides struggled to get a foothold on the game. The first opportunity fell to Kilry after seven minutes, when a Stephen Salter free from deep in his own half found Cummins, who set up MacDonald, who just shot over as he couldn't control the ball. On 73 minutes, a burn free just rustled the top of the crossbar as it went over the bar. With 15 minutes to go, MacDonald completed his hat-trick from the left-hand side as he hit in Nathan Burns cross. That spurred the hosts into action as Gaul pulled a goal back with a shot from the edge of the box with nobody picking him up. This set up an intriguing last 15 minutes. A Dean Kelly free was headed just wide by Paulus Vilnius for Pats, but Kilree closed the match out when Byrne added a fifth from close range on the left-hand side. Kilree will be wondering how they didn't have six in the final minute when Burns' shot hit the inside of the crossbar and it was cleared. They saw the match out to claim their second win in a week and put themselves in a strong position ahead of a tough match against Ardatton on Sunday. The teams, St. Pat's, David Doyle, Paulus Vilnius, Dean Kelly, David Brennan, Anthony Griffin, James Esther, Liam Byrne, Anthony Lawler, Chris Gall, Zenzi Lee, Enoch Olanasse, the subs, Sainful Islam, Jordan Doyle, Robert Doog, Danny Gurry, Jer Kieran. Kilry Celtic, John Gladney, Michael Murphy, Stephen Crow, Victor Watkins, Stephen Salter, Paul Kyo, Alan Salter, Gary Dillon, Mark MacDonald, Tommy Cummins, Alan MacDonald. The subs, Dara O'Mara, Nathan Byrne. Soccer Under-17 Girls Division Carlo Kilkenny Girls earn well-earned point against league leaders. Article by Harry Shorthose. The scores, Carlo Kilkenny nil, Wexford Youths nil. Carlo Kilkenny's Under-17 Girls put in a mammoth shift to earn a point against the league leaders Wexford Youths on Sunday. It was a fantastic effort from the girls with a huge defensive shift. It was a game of two halves. In the first, the hosts defended well to deny the youths, but struggled in attack to create chances and giving the ball away too easily. In the second, they found themselves going forward more and putting pressure on the youths' defence, but struggling to just get over the line. Kate MacDonald's side remained top of the league unbeaten. Kerry Smith in particular was fantastic in defence, denying Wexford with last gasp tackles on several occasions, whilst being the focal point of the team's attack. It was a slow start, with both sides taking their time getting into the game, 
The first chance fell on five minutes as a Wexford free from the right was headed towards Fia Murphy in goal, who palmed it over. The ensuing corner from the left was cleared and played back to the right-hand side with former Hanover player Emma Walker shooting over from distance. Nine minutes later, Nicole Delaney shot across the face of the goal from the right-hand side. Carlo Kilkenny went close with an effort, but there was not enough power on the shot to trouble Sophie Kerwin in the Wexford goal. Zoe Cattis went close for Wexford with a right-footed shot just inside the side netting before a MacDonald free hit the post. On the half-hour mark, Delaney played through Carolina Jaglars, who shot wide with a left-footed shot that just missed the post. A couple of minutes later, Delaney went close, having turned and beaten her marker, and only for Fia Murphy in goal coming out to get it, she would have scored. With ten minutes to go, a corner from the right was headed wide by Katie Moynihan. Four minutes later, Jenny Byrne Bowden went close after beating her marker on the right and crossed it, but couldn't steer her shot on target. The second half was far more open and exciting as the hosts started to put some attacks together. However, Wexford started where they left off, as Jaglars had an effort from the right saved by Murphy. MacDonald also went close via another free from the right, this time hitting it just over the bar. Kerwin was finally tested by the Carlo Kilkenny girls via a Katie Byrne free which was hit right into her. Some great work by Smith, a couple of minutes later, saw her shot just wide. Just after the hour mark, Kerwin was forced back into action. Some great work from Byrne saw her come in from the right into the middle and swap wings and have a go from a tight angle and narrowly have her effort saved. The best chance of the game came on 65 minutes when Smith rattled the inside of the crossbar. How she didn't score will remain a mystery. Emma Phillips was quick on the rebound though and tried to hit it in, but again was denied by Kerwin saving. In the dying minutes, Rita Redmond went close for Wexford from a corner from the left with a big header, but substitute keeper Alex Murphy denied her. The hosts went close too with Grace Smith, sending a ball from the left into the box, but nobody could get to it, and in the end, it was a point apiece in the local derby, and it's safe to say both these sides will have high hopes going into the next phase. The teams, Carlo Kilkenny, Fia Murphy, Avril Tangi, Grace Smith, Ella Moylan, Neve Brophy, Emma Phillips, Katie Byrne, Natalie Okeke, Mia Van Groningen Dack, Jenny Byrne Bowden, Kerry Smith, the subs Caitlin Boggan, Murren DC, Alex Murphy, Sinead Thompson. Wexford, Sophie Kerwin, Molly Garland, Katie Moynihan, Rita Redmond, Kate MacDonald, Gráinne Nialine, Sion Murdiff, Emma Walker, Nicole Delaney, Zoe Cattis, Carolina Jaglars, and the subs Eve Thomas, Vicky Brennan, Danielle Griffin, Katie Law, Jenny Ryan, Freya Demange, Lauren Brennan, Alina Moore. Carlo Soccer Senior Division's Results Parkville 2, St. Pat's Boys 2, Balting Glass 2, Bridge United 3, Kaleshan 4, St. Anne's 0, Seniors Division 2, Burren Celtic 0, St. Fiox 2, Slaney Rovers 4, Carlo Rovers 0, Village 2, Fort Barrington 0, St. Joseph's 1, Bagnallstown 3. Carlo Junior Soccer League results 
KCLR Shield Group A, Slaney 3, Ardatton 1. Group B, St. Joseph's 4, Bagnallstown 1. Mill Celtic 3, Dolman Celtic 0. Group C, Kaleshin FC 5, Ballymurphy Celtic 1. Crettyard United 16, Balting Glass Town 0. Group D, Parkville 3, New Oak 5. Vale 11, Castle Rangers 0.